Welcome to the Seeing Deep Podcast, where we see deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. Last week, we began a discussion with Barbara Rainey from Family Life Ministries about her new book, Such a Beautiful Book of Prayer. Barbara and her husband, Dennis, are co-founders of Family Life and have spoken at Weekend to Remember conferences around the world. They have authored more than two dozen books, including Moments Together for Couples and The Art of Parenting. Barbara has written Letters to My Daughters, among other titles, and has also created Evervine Home, www.evervinehome.com. Dennis and Barbara have six married children and a growing number of grandchildren. They live near Little Rock, Arkansas. Welcome back, Barbara. Thank you, Denise. Well, thank you. I'm just loving this time with you and so grateful for what God has done through you. So the scripture for this episode is taken from Esther 4, verses 15 through 16. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, and hold a fast on my behalf, and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. What a bold prayer this is. And Esther, I must admit, is one of my heroes in scripture. There's something about Mm -hmm. that puts everything into perspective. Crisis can strike fear in our hearts, but there is this sweet place of surrender we can also come to as we trust God and pray fervently. Esther had others join her in prayer and fasted. Are there different ways that you pray, Barbara, and any disciplines you practice with prayer? Well, I love that verse from Esther, and Esther is also one of my faith heroes. I look forward to meeting her someday in heaven. I just admire her life and her courage, and um, that prayer that you read is such a good example for us today to remind us that God is sovereign and He is ruling over all. And it's a great prayer of surrender, which is the place that we all need to come to in our relationship with God. And I think her example of getting others to pray with her is wonderful. I'm always asking uh, friends to pray or our family to pray. Um, I got a prayer request last night from a neighbor um, by text about her grandson. And I think there is a um, such benefit to us in the network of believers in praying for and with one another, because it reminds us that we are all uh, a family. It reminds us that we are all a part of the body of Christ and that we need one another. Um, And I think God wants us to do that. He wants us to be transparent and real with one another, with our struggles uh, to support each other. And I think when we, when we risk doing that, when we risk um, sharing what we're going through Um, I think we find support and encouragement and we realize that we're not the only ones. I think the enemy of our souls wants us to think that we're the only ones who struggle. We're the only ones who um, don't have enough faith sometimes. And, um, but when we share with one another, I think that strengthens our faith. Mm. You know, when you talk about uh, asking some friends to pray with you, you know, I think sometimes it can be hard because there's so many prayer requests. And if you go on Mm -hmm. Facebook, and everybody's saying, pray for this, pray for that. And I feel like it's not authentic sometimes if I say, okay, yes, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm like, so what I've started doing is just right there in the moment, I'm going to pray right now mm-hmm. when I saw that, because there's just no way. Do you ever struggle with that? 
Oh, I think we all do. And I do exactly what you do. When that text came to my phone last night, um, I saw it uh, as I turned out my light. And I just prayed right there for this, for my neighbor's request, because I knew that I would either forget um, or I didn't want to wait until the next day. And I think that that's a really good practice. And I'm starting to do that more and more. Um, if I tell someone I will pray for them, I pray for them then. Um, if it's something personal, if it's, if it's within our family or really close friends, then I'll write it down and I'll pray for it uh, more than once. But um, I think you're right. Because we're so connected, it's a good thing. But the downside of being so connected is we can be overwhelmed by a lot of prayer requests. And we, we just have to be faithful to, to pray in the moment and then trust God with, with that and not feel responsible to carry more than he wants us to carry. Mm, I love that. I think sometimes we can put so much more on us than mm-hmm. it does, you know? Yes, so, we do. You mentioned on one of your prayers, number seven, I think it was, detours in this life that keep us <laughs> from doing the work God has given us. This is also a moment of surrender. Detours feel like such a distraction from the enemy, but sometimes detours can also help us to stop ourselves and seek God in those moments, right? How do you handle right. prayers? Well, I don't handle them very well, I will admit, um, right up at the beginning, because I think um, we all, nobody likes a detour. I mean, who likes to get sick? And now we're dealing with the coronavirus, which has totally changed our concept of virus and, you know, getting a little, a bug. I mean, it, everything everything is different right now. But <clears throat> nonetheless, I think there have been detours um, that have come into our lives, all of us, for the whole entire length of our lives. I mean, all kinds of things uh, from uh, moving away to interruptions in our schedules, to ourselves getting sick. And all of those, I think, are such good reminders to us that we are not in control. And I think that's the lesson that I was learning at the time that I wrote that particular prayer about detours. Um, I was learning that I wasn't in control. And, you know, we all know that and we say that, but I think it's the battle of our hearts is who, who are we going to, who's in control? Am I going to be in control or am I going to let Jesus be in control? And I think it's a daily, hourly, and sometimes minute by minute um, decision that we have to make in our lives. So true. And and detours, I think it's that controlling aspect of us. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. this is not supposed to be my story. This is not mm-hmm. the day supposed to go. And even when I had five small children and was homeschooling them and there was constant detours, it was finally coming to this place. And not that I've ever ra- arrived on it, but when I was successful with detours, it was when I yielded and just said, okay, mm-hmm. give up on my plans, Lord, your way. <laughs> just help me to be like you in the midst of whatever detour comes my way. You know, uh, another distraction to a passionate, surrendered prayer life is comparison. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think I need dramatic music for that. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> a little drum roll, right? Yeah. yeah. We can think that our prayer life should look like others. I mean, I've definitely felt guilty at times where, oh, I, I don't, I'm not doing the prayer list anymore. I used to have a prayer list. This person does that. And I've tried things like prayer apps. And I've struggled, to be honest, you know, to find a consistent pattern uh, with it. But we can compare and, and our expectations can fall flat. And those disappointments clutter our mind and prevent 
prayer. How mm-hmm. do you overcome comparison in your prayer life? Well, I think the answer is I don't. And I think um, really and truly, and I think that recognizing that has been probably the best thing. I don't think it's cured me by any means because I don't think I will ever be cured of that until heaven. And the, the root of comparison started in the garden with Adam and Eve. It was one of the very first things that happened <clears throat> even before even before Eve took that first bite, she was looking between God and what Satan was saying to her. Mm. Um, So anyway, I I think comparison is a trap that every living, breathing human being falls into constantly. And I think the only way to get out of that is to look to Jesus and remember that he is who we are supposed to follow, not other people. And I think we're, we are constantly trying to follow somebody. It's in our nature. God made us to follow, but he made us to follow him. And because we're fallen, we want to follow other people or other ideas or trends or the latest and greatest, whatever it might be. And prayer just happens to be one of them. And I have struggled mightily with prayer my whole life. Um, because I've looked uh, repeatedly for a system or a format or something that would help me. And the answer is not finding a system or a format. The answer is just talking to God, Mm. coming to him, remembering that he's present and, oh, he is present with me. I can talk to him right now. I can talk to him while I'm driving down the road. I don't have to do it in a certain way. And that's really the beauty of a relationship with him anyway, is that he is present and he doesn't demand that we do it in a certain way. He wants a relationship with us. And prayer is, as they say, people have said for centuries, prayer is simply talking to God. And on one hand, it is a simple thing. On the other hand, it's an amazing thing that we can actually talk to the God of the universe. And I think that's what hangs us up sometimes is we think talking to the God of the universe needs to be done a certain way. And um, so it's, it's complicated, even though I think that in God's mind and in his heart, he wants it to be simple for us. He wants us to talk to him as children do to their parents. He wants it to be a... He wants it to be a love relationship, a conversation that we have with him all the time, every day of our lives. Mm, so good. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, especially with when you talk about his expectations for prayer, you know, it's praying continually. It's just talking with him. But I think we set those expectations so often because we're looking for a method instead of looking for him. <laughs> That's right. You know, That's exactly like, right. This will do it. This is the magic bullet. Yes, yes. And we are looking for a magic solution. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so I really think, uh, well, you and I are cut from the same cloth. I mean, (laughs) it's like searching for (laughs) this perfect method. So what hope can you offer to believers who wonder, does God hear my prayers? Well, I think what we all need is we need to hear from him more. And the best way to do that is to be in the Bible. So, you know, use a reading plan, like you suggested earlier, you're reading, using a reading, daily reading plan, get into a Bible study, a really good Bible study where you look up chapter and verse and Mm -hmm. look up the meaning of the words and talk about what is he saying to me and what 
God, do you want me to do as a result of knowing this truth about you and about me? I mean, there is no substitute for being in God's word and um, having it become a part of you. So I think the only way to, to really, um, to really grow in a relationship with him, to grow in prayer, to overcome comparison, (laughs) to, um, to respond well, when we have detours in our lives, all of those things really come back to knowing God and being in his word and letting him be um, the driver, so to speak, of our lives. Hmm. I think, too, another big part of prayer is learning to recognize God's voice. And uh, that was mm-hmm. one of the titles of one of your prayers. What tips can you offer to help those listening to tune their ear to God? Well, I think it's, it really, um, it, it dawned on me one day as I was thinking about God that his voice is not the kind of voice I'm used to listening for. Um, I know what my husband's voice sounds like. I know my children's voice. As soon as I hear their voice on the line or on my cell phone, I know exactly who I'm talking to. But God's voice isn't audible. Uh, very often he can be, and he has proven to be that way in the scripture from time to time, but he doesn't often speak to us audibly because he wants us to believe in him by faith, but he does speak to us through the Bible and through his words. And the more I have studied the Bible, the more I've gotten into it and read it and absorbed it and made it a part of my life, the more I hear his voice and the way I hear his voice is he reminds me, it says in the book of John, the Holy Spirit will remind us of what Jesus said. And I need reminders because I don't remember very well. I forget all the time um, what I've read. I forget what Jesus said. I forget his promises. And the Holy Spirit is the one who reminds us. And so the more I read the Bible, the more the Holy Spirit has to work with. It's like I'm building this storehouse of information that the Holy Spirit can pull from. And he can say, Barbara, you're forgetting about God in this. You're forgetting that he's with you. You're forgetting that he loves you. He'll he'll remind me of what the word says. And and then I go, oh, you're right. I have forgotten that. So I think learning to hear the voice of God is something that we all long for. But it comes from reading the scripture, from reading the Bible, from getting to know God as he is, not as we imagine him to be or as we want him to be, but learning who he really is through the words on the page in the Bible that he has given us. And that's the entrance, I think. That's the key to learning to hear the voice of God is by getting to know him as he reveals himself in the Bible. Mm. You offered a prayer in your book for those suffering in marriage, and it was such a sweet reminder that God is our husband. But there (laughs) are a lot of hurting marriages out there, and the enemy loves to kind of have people think that their spouse is the enemy. Um, Do you have any advice for wives listening in about how they can pray for their husband? Well, I think the whole journey of marriage is one of ups and downs. Um, It's a challenge, I think, from early days until ending days. I used to think that um, after we'd been married, you know, so many years that we will have conquered certain challenges or that when we'd been married, you know, 30 years or 40 years, um, we will have 
we would have it made. You know, we'd kind of be over all of those those struggles. And I just realized, I have realized, I guess I should say, in the last 10 years since we, um, you know, got to 40 and now we're, we're just past 45, I've, I've realized that we are going to continue to have struggles in our marriage because neither one of us is perfect yet. Neither one of us is finished um, with what God wants to teach us and do in our lives. And so therefore, as long as we're on earth, we are going to have challenges. We are going to bump into one another. And in these quarantine days, the, the days that we've had in the month of March and, and through much of April where people have been home a lot, it's been even harder, I think, on a lot of marriages than when we're busy in and out and going places and doing things because we so many couples have been cooped up together or were cooped up together Um I think it exposed more of our weaknesses. And so the real key to marriage is surrendering to Christ. The real key to having um, contentment and peace in any relationship, but especially in the marriage relationship, is to surrender to God and to be transparent with him. And so I can't change my husband's life. I can't, I'm not responsible for that. But I am responsible for my own life, and I am responsible to listen to God and to hear what He has for me, what He wants to do in my heart. There's plenty of things that are wrong with me. There are plenty of challenges that I need to trust God with myself and not worry about my husband and let God take care of him because he's God's responsibility, not mine. Mm. And that's so good for us to hear when we think about being junior Holy Spirit. You know, <laughs> we know what yes, exactly we can fix everybody. Yes. And <laughs> yes. And we women would like to do that. I think that's been one of our struggles. I mean, and part of it, too, is as a mom, when when you get married and then when you have children, you become mom. And it's hard not to mom your husband, too, mm. um, you know, because all day long. We're thinking about parenting our children, and it's very easy to stay in that mothering mode um, with husbands, and that isn't very helpful. Amen. And praying for them is the best way to really, you know, just give that. It is the best. And let God work on their heart Mm -hmm. instead of trying to nag anyway, right? (laughs) So, Barbara, do do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share? Well, I really, really liked when we uh, talked last week about surrender, and I think that would be a good conclusion today, too, because I think really at the heart of all of the things we struggle with as believers, at the heart of what God is trying to accomplish in our own hearts is surrender. If we are surrendered to Him, uh, we are um, open-handed and open-hearted to God and to what He wants to do in and through us. We will find more peace. We will find more contentment. Our relationships will be more aligned with what God wants. Um, I've been doing Hebrews in my Bible study class this year. And Hebrews 12, 1 and 12, 1 and 2 talks about fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfect of our faith. And the more we look to him, that's a surrendered position, fixing our eyes on him. He will then do what he knows is best for us. And it will be good because he loves us. And that's the place to be for, um, that's the best place that we as women can be for our prayer lives and our marriages and our children. Everything is fixing our eyes on Jesus and being surrendered to him. 
Amen. Well, thank you for being with us today, Barbara, and sharing your beautiful book with us. Well, thank you, Denise. It's been delightful. It definitely has. You know, you guys, you can find out more about Barbara on her website, www.everthinehome.com. Leave a comment to be entered to receive a free copy of Barbara's book. You've been listening to the Scene Deep podcast where we dive into the Word of God for the answers to life's problems. <laughs>